Hello and welcome to the European Patients Podcast, your source for scintillating conversation and news around the world of patient advocacy and empowerment. This podcast is brought to you by the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe. My name is Chiara, I'm the Communications Officer for APF and your host on today's pod. For first-time listeners, I kindly ask you to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the most relevant and important stories, issues and events surrounding patient-centered healthcare within Europe. Today's episode will focus on women's health, starting with the International Day of Action for Women's Health, celebrated every year on the 28th of May, and established as a reminder to address the multiple causes of disease and death that affect women all over the world. Every woman has the right to access quality healthcare, no matter which part of the world she hails from, what age she is, or what ethnicity or religion is. The International Day of Action for Women's Health is a good reminder of the importance of a gendered approach to health. Today, we have invited Barbara Klein, the Communications Officer for Europa Donna, the European Breast Cancer Coalition, to help us better understand the reality of breast cancer and what it means to have access to quality healthcare for European women. Europa Donna is an independent non-profit organization that works to raise awareness for breast cancer and to mobilize women for improved breast cancer education, appropriate screening, optimal treatment, and increased funding for research. Hello, Barbara, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Chiara. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Good. So, as you know, uh, the International Day of Action for Women's Health has access to quality health care as its core. So what does it mean for women with breast cancer to have access to quality health care today? Well, that's a good question, because actually it is a matter of survival. Um, women who do not have access to screening or quality health care tend to be diagnosed at a later, later stage and therefore have a worse prognosis and therefore a shorter lifespan. So as you know, in uh, 2020, breast cancer surpassed lung cancer as the most common cancer for women. And in fact, in the WHO region of Europe, which Europa Dona as an organization represents, uh, there was an incidence of 576,300, which equates to about 25.7% of the total number of cases. Incident trends of breast cancer on the rise due to several factors, including reproductive factors, increasing obesity, physical inactivity, um, but there also has been an increase in breast cancer screening, which means on the flip side that mortality trends are starting to decline, but this is due to effective early detection and then followed by treatment. Uh, we know that about a third of breast cancer cases can be prevented by maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And for the cases, of course, that don't fall into this category, it is really important to detect them early, as early as possible because when you find the cancer early and you combine it with appropriate treatment, this significantly increases the chance of a woman's survival and it produces better patient outcomes, thus reducing cancer mortality and also reducing a cost in the complexity of uh, breast cancer treatment. Europa Dona, the European Breast Cancer Coalition, has been advocating for almost 27 years to raise awareness for breast cancer and to assure that all women have access to population-based mammography screening programs 
and that they should also then be treated in a specialist breast unit by a multidisciplinary team. Unfortunately, we know that there are still many inequalities across Europe. Uh, in fact, in uh, screening programs and uh, breast units, there are many inequalities, especially in the eastern part of Europe. And we also know that in the EU27, where the screening age range is between 50 and 69, the amount of women attending screening ranges from 9% to 90% across the EU. And only 25 EU member states have introduced national uh, population-based mammography screening programs in their national cancer plan. So Europa Dona has spent many years advocating uh, and lobbying for the implementation of the EU guideline, um, before with the fourth edition, and now with the new European guidelines that are being produced by the European Commission Initiative on Breast Cancer. Our former CEO, Susan Knox, is, serves as an individual on the guideline development group, which is responsible for producing the new guidelines, which are uh, internet platform based. So they are constantly being updated. And the ECIBC also has a quality assurance scheme, which will then complete the breast cancer continuum, which uh, hopefully this uh, quality assurance scheme will be um, completed to in the last towards the last quarter of this year. Europa Dona is, is also a stakeholder in this initiative, and we have been educating our member countries since the beginning of the initiative in 2015 so that they can push for implementation in their countries with the aim to reach the 90% screening rate set out by the new Europe's Beating Cancer Plan by 2025. Um, once a woman's been diagnosed with breast cancer, she should have the right to be treated in a specialist breast unit by a multidisciplinary team. And what this means is that you have a whole team behind you that ranges from the radiologist to the surgeon to the oncologist, including a psychologist, and also a breast cancer nurse. Uh, this team meets regularly so that they can discuss the individual case and make sure that the appropriate treatment is given. Um, as we know, breast cancer has many different subtypes, it has many different forms, so it's very important that the treatment is personalized to the individual and the type of cancer. Um, and along these lines, Europa Dona is also now lobbying for the access to genetic and genomic testing, which can help personalize the treatment better. Lastly, Chiara, we shouldn't forget about survivorship. Uh, as I said, that uh, mortality is decreasing. This means that women are living longer and they're living with side effects from treatment that go on maybe for more than the standard five years of follow-up. They go on for much longer than that. So they need to be able to have access to, if it means physiotherapy, if it means exercise programs, whatever it is, they need to have um, access to that. And especially women should be able to have the access to be able to go back to work after breast cancer. They should have access to financial services, including insurance. And along these lines, there is a new legislation called the Right to be Forgotten, which has been implemented in France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands, and is also included in uh, the Europe's Beating Cancer Plan, which uh, goes to giving, um, ensuring that these women have uh, the rights. Good, thank you.
So as you mentioned uh, already in February, the European Commission published the European Speeding Cancer Plan, which promises to be a game changer for cancer patients. What is uh, Europa Donna's take on, uh, on this? Well, we're actually thrilled with the Europe Speeding Cancer Plan. Uh, in fact, uh, Stella Kyriakides, the EU Commissioner for Health and Food Safety, is a former president of Europa Dona, and she herself is a cancer survivor. So we know that she really has the patient at heart. Um, the plan for us is the culmination of many years of work of, by many different organizations from all um, sides. But of course, now the issue is going to be its implementation. Uh, Europa Dona has joined the stakeholder contact group for the plan. Um, and we also last year contributed to the consultation. And we've already started to educate our members and plan to continue to do so to educate them on the contents of the plan so that they can lobby with their local policymakers and their health ministers to implement the plan. As you know, the plan covers the entire cancer pathway and it has four pillars, prevention, early detection, diagnosis and treatment, and improved quality of life uh, of cancer patients and survivors. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Europe Adona, we've been focusing on all of these areas for many, many years in our advocacy work. So we're really happy to see it put together in the plan. Um, as Commissioner Kyriakides has stated constantly, um, they, they haven't exactly reinvented the wheel, but they are pulling together existing programs and infrastructure with the aim of improving lives of European citizens. And of course, with the COVID pandemic, we've seen that the EU 27 countries can pull together to manage to deal with a crisis such as COVID. So we hope that they will be able to pull together and, and work through this plan. We're happy to see that uh, prevention takes such a major role in the plan. Uh, Europa Dona started our own prevention program back in 2008 called Breast Health Day, because at that time there really wasn't much focus on prevention and the importance of living um, a healthy lifestyle and lifestyle factors such as being physically active, maintaining a healthy body weight and eating a balanced diet that could actually help you protect your uh, your future breast health or um, being diagnosed with breast cancer. Our program aimed to inform women of all ages, especially young women, that they need to start taking care of themselves at an earlier age. Um, now we're heading into our 14th year of the campaign and many of our local groups have taken on and embraced a Breast Health Day and they run prevention programs within their countries, which range from uh, organized walks uh, from yoga days uh, to demonstrations about healthy eating, uh, which we're very pleased to see that all our countries are taking this on. And we hope that the Breast Health Day program could either be a model for other countries to take on or other groups to take on through the Europe Speeding Cancer Plan. And lastly, about the plan that I'd just like to say is we're happy to see that it also plans on tackling inequalities, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, because we know that there are still a lot of inequalities. Um, we're looking forward to the establishment of the Cancer Inequalities Registry that is going to identify trends, disparities, and inequalities among member states. 
And as we represent 47 member countries, including all of the EU 27 countries, I can assure you that what women have access to in Kyrgyzstan is very, very different from what women have access to in Sweden. Good, thank you. So what was the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic had on uh, breast cancer patients? And how do you see this evolving in the coming years or months? Well, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on breast cancer patients and also cancer patients in general. Um, in fact, last week, the European Cancer Organization launched a new campaign called Time to Act, Don't Let COVID-19 Stop You from Tackling Cancer. During this launch event, uh, they gave some statistics, which are kind of scary if you think about them. Um, they said that last year there were 1.5 million less cases than the year before. This means that cases that were not screened, that haven't been treated. Um, and they say that there are probably about 100 million people in Europe now who may have an undiagnosed cancer as they didn't attend screening programs. Um, in addition, they said that one out of two Europeans did not have the right treatment and one out of five had delayed treatment. So these figures are quite scary for us as, as the European Breast Cancer Coalition, because this means that in the next few years going forward, there are probably going to be more women that will be presenting with late stage diagnosis or even possibly de novo metastatic disease, which means that it has already spread uh, around their body. And thus, you know, obviously, uh, thus decreasing um, their life, their life expectancy. Um, last August, uh, we conducted a survey of our 47 member countries regarding COVID-19. Um, we had 34 countries that responded, and of these who responded, 69% of the, the countries claimed that their health systems had adequately reacted to the emergency in view of providing cancer patients with COVID-free pathways for screening and treatment. Uh, last year, we did uh, roundtables with our member countries um, throughout the year, and many of them uh, said that screening programs had been completely shut down, if not severely delayed. This was especially in the first round of the pandemic back in March. And this caused, obviously, a high backlog, which, as I mentioned earlier, is probably also going to lead to higher diagnoses. Um, also, not all hospitals provided COVID-free pathways for patients that were currently undergoing treatment or um, who needed to go for appointments. Surgeries did continue um, at a somewhat of a slower rate, and in certain places, reconstruction was delayed because this was considered elective and therefore not urgent, which, of course, this has a huge impact psychologically on a patient that has had surgery but has to delay reconstruction. Overall, we found that all of these restrictions created a lot of fear and anxiety. There was a fear about going to the hospital, about contracting um, COVID in the hospital. There was a fear about the delay in their treatment and what that would mean for their future. Um, and also, there was an overall feeling that the health systems really didn't think about the patient or take kind of the patient to, to their heart, and there was also an overall sense of loneliness and isolation of people also from the, being closed uh, in their homes. Um, however, there were some positives that came out of the COVID situation. As I slightly alluded to before, it 
it really proved that the EU 27 countries could work together and they can coordinate on an international level to find a solution. Normally, healthcare is a national competence, but COVID proved that this wasn't the case, and it showed how fast we could get things done if we all put our heads together. Take, for example, the vaccines, how fast they developed them and got them approved. Uh, normally, it would take a, years for a breast cancer drug to go through all of the trial phases and get approval by the EMA before it could even be distributed and used in clinical practice. Um, COVID has provided also some innovative healthcare technologies, for example, transmitting prescriptions via email instead of having to go to your doctor to pick them up. And also telemedicine has become more commonly used. Um, however, telemedicine does have its limitations because you miss that face-to-face -face contact with your doctor and there also can't be a physical examination. But for kind of a touching base and seeing how things are going, um, it is actually a good thing because it means that also somebody maybe going through treatment doesn't have to doesn't have to travel to see their doctor. So really, we hope that overall the EU member states will not forget what happened in COVID going forward, that we can learn from the lessons and we can put in place systems that if there were to be another pandemic in the future, that it, um, it wouldn't affect us as much. Um, the pandemic definitely revealed the weaknesses in national health systems, and we really need to look at these weaknesses and improve them so that next time around the consequences won't be so high. There's now a call for a more coordinated effort on the EU level for healthcare to become more of an EU competence, where in the past, as I said, it's been more of a national consequence. But we still have a long way to go, and hopefully the Europe Speeding Cancer Plan can play into this as well of people working together. And we really hope that the sense of urgency that was felt during the pandemic to try and find a solution to COVID-19 will continue for breast cancer because that would be fantastic if we can move some of that energy into the breast cancer field. Good, thank you. Uh, according to the International Agency for Research on Cancer's data, Female breast cancer is now the most diagnosed cancer in the world. So what is uh, needed to be done for this to change? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> there are several things that need to be done. Um, the first thing is really uh, early diagnosis. We really need to work on the implementation of uh, population-based mammography screening programs. Um, because obviously that is the first step that we can then find the cancers at an earlier stage and um, therefore makes treatment a little bit easier and the life expectancy uh, longer. In fact, uh, if we look at the statistics uh, with the increase of uh, mammography screening programs, the, there's been a decrease in mortality, um, which and we'd like to see this uh, continue. Um, education is also very important. We need to really educate women about lifestyle factors so that they can start, as I said, at an early age, exercising and eating healthfully, and also about um, they need to be aware, breast aware. They also need to be aware of the importance of uh, attending mammography screening programs. 
We should start with girls who are in high school because it's a it's an age when they're developing and they need to know that it's important to incorporate exercise in their daily in their daily routine. That they should uh, you know be careful of their diet, including also watching their alcohol intake. Not many people know that actually drinking alcohol can increase your risk of uh, of getting breast cancer as well. We also need more research. We need research to continue. We need research to continue in prevention. We need uh, research to continue in treatment. And it would be great that if at a certain point, for example, even common sense could be considered uh, evidence-based uh, medical fact. Just to conclude, uh, we feel strongly also that the implementation of the Europe Speeding Cancer Plan will play a major role in the decrease in mortality from breast cancer in Europe. And also, along with all of the other programs, uh, the Global Breast Health Initiative uh, internationally, if everybody all over the world can work together on the programs that exist and share best practice between each other, we can hopefully tackle um, breast cancer and, and provide better outcomes for women in the future. Thank you again to Europa Donna and Barbara Klein for guiding us through the current situation of breast cancer patients in Europe. Together with Europa Donna, we are calling for barriers to be removed so that no woman is left behind when it comes to cancer prevention. On this International Day of Action for Women's Health, let's make sure that all aspects of healthcare are easy and accessible for women around the globe. For more information on Europa Donna's action, you can visit their website at europadonna.org. That's it for today's episode of the U-Patients Podcast, your source for all things related to patient advocacy in Europe. We are the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe, with now 77 members across the continent. You can stay up to date on all EPF news by following us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn, or by visiting our website. Registration is now open for our EPF Congress 2021, taking place on 26 to 29 October in a virtual setting. So please visit the event page www.epfcongress.eu to sign up today. We'll see you next time on the pod. Stay safe. <laughs>